The UK Investor Magazine podcast is brought to you in association with Oanda, the broker of choice for traders who want a smarter way to trade. Trade with Oanda and get one year's subscription to TradingView Pro. 76.6% of retail investor accounts lose money when trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you understand how CFDs work and whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. For today's podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the key market themes out there, as well as looking at a number of UK equities. And to do that, we're very kindly joined by Alan Green. Alan, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Morning, John. Good to be back again. Yes, it's been it's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it, since we last recorded for for one reason or another. But of course, a lot's been happening in the markets since then, and we're going to be picking up on on some of those themes this morning, Alan. As I mentioned, we've got three equities we're going to discuss a little bit later on in the podcast. One of those companies is an upcoming IPO, so we're going to be looking at what's happening there with that company. But to start with, Alan, I think it would be fitting to look at what's happening out there in the UK economy. And this morning, we have inflation data, which shows that we are still seeing prices increase in excess of 10%. There was an expectation that it would fall beneath that level. However, inflation hasn't fallen as much as first thought. So it's 10.1% inflation. And it's very much a food story. Looking here, it's food prices going up. Um, that's keeping the index higher. And that's going to cause some concerns, Alan, for the Bank of England. They would have been hoping for a lower figure. There are predictions, of course, that the UK could fall into a recession at some point this year. We did miss it in the first quarter uh, with the recent data that we got out from, from February. But it looks as though things are starting to soften. We had some unemployment data yesterday. The unemployment rate has, has marginally moved higher, but we are still seeing faster wages. So couple that together with higher prices today, that does bode not particularly well for investors that were looking for a Bank of England pivot. We talk about a pivot and we, we really attribute that to the Federal Reserve. But people here in the UK were, are looking forward to when the Bank of England will start to be lowering rates or indeed stop hiking rates. But Alan, looking at this data this morning, are you expecting to see further rate uh, hikes from the Bank of England in the coming months? I think that's almost inevitable, John. I, I think with the uh, with the the consistently high inflation month on month, uh, the interest rate increases uh, haven't yet been sufficient to tackle inflation and to trigger a fall below below double digits and i think this is the this is the primary concern that the bank of england england governor and the committee will have when they meet um and i fully expect that we'll see rates uh, interest rates uh, take another uh, 25 basis point hike um which obviously is isn't good news for consumers uh, for borrowers of course it's going to mean higher mortgage payments once again um but uh, that is it, it, it seems to be the only weapon at the Bank of England's disposal at the moment to 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 get a hold on this. But um, we're not alone in this, of course. You know, we've uh, 
the, the US is facing similar challenges. And of course, uh, um, the European Central Bank um, uh, in uh, core inflation there, data from there this morning uh, show that um, core inflation had edged up. So pressure is going to be on the, the, uh, the countries uh, using the euro um, and the European Central Bank to look at uh, possibly a further hike in interest rates there to keep that inflation in check. So it's a common problem that's uh, across the Eurozone, um, here in Europe, uh, well, in Europe and of course in the UK. So um, I don't think the interest rate hikes are over yet by any means. Indeed, indeed. And, and just looking at what's happening out there in markets, it's quite a pronounced move that we're seeing in the FTSE 250. That's down about 0.6% on the day. If we're looking at the FTSE 100, that's down, but not, but not as much, down 0.4%. And the stocks that are leading the way to the downside are the ones that you'd expect. You're looking at some of the precious metals uh, miners out there, mm-hmm. particularly FTSE 100, Fresnillo, that's down 4% on the day. Obviously, concerns there, further hikes. Um, that dampens demand for precious metals, including silver that uh, Fresnillo mines. Ocado, another big faller out there, down 3%. Higher prices have been a thorn in the side of Ocado for the last year or so. They had a big boost during the pandemic, but that's really fallen off since and that premium end of the market is is starting to uh, be hit you know looking at the third biggest faller actually here today alan is anto for gaston we're going to speak a little bit more about them we hit we had some data out yesterday from china which was actually good news for the miners we, we saw gdp for the first quarter in china grow faster than expected it increased 4.5 percent that was good news we saw a good bounce in the miners yesterday but we're seeing that fall off today obviously concerns there uh, about what's happening in the uk economy sapping confidence out of of uk equities but let's now talk about anto for and of course a copper miner you know this is one that's inextricably linked to what's happening in china of course mm-hmm. You've seen the pandemic uh, rumble on a lot further in China in terms of the economic consequences than it has for the for the rest of the world. We saw a bounce at the end of last year on the reopening. Um, but today, Antofagasta's news is very much about you know, what they're doing as a company as opposed to external factors. We had their production numbers out. I mean, the stock at the moment's down... Um, 2.8%. But if you compare that to Anglo-American, also down down 2.3%, not as heavily focused on, on copper. So this is very much an Anto mm. um, story that we're looking at here. So what does that production figures look like, Alan? Well, production figures are very strong. But of course, Anto Vagasta is very much focused on Chile. And of course, when we look at Chile, we uh, we have this uh, this image of this very narrow, thin strip of land. But it is, in fact, a huge country. If you, uh, if you if you lay Chile across Europe, it would stretch from the northern tip of Norway all the way down to Morocco. It's a it's a huge country. It's very rich in mineral deposits, and of course, Antofagasta uh, controls a number of mines um, uh, uh, across Chile. It's uh, it, it's one of the world's biggest producers, um, uh, biggest producers of of, of copper, um, and. Uh, the the company is uh, the, the company produced first quarter um, uh, copper production uh, in line with expectations uh, at 145 
1,900 tonnes. Um, production at one of its key mines, the Los Palambras mine, um, was affected by uh, reduced water availability. Of course, water is an essential part of the, the mining process. Um, but um, but uh, Anto Vergasta said the company has completed a desalination plant and the concentrator at Los Palambras. So it means that once that desalination plant is completed, of course, it can utilize seawater, which of course there's a limitless supply of, to uh, get to continue its its mining. So um, so looking forward, um, the 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 chief executive Ivan Aragada said this morning that they expect Los Palambras production to increase during the year to meet production and cash cost cash cost guidance uh, on the year of between 670 to 710,000 tonnes of copper. And of course, this is really the, uh, one of the flagship mines or the flagship mine for um, Gaster. So good visibility there going forward. And, and also also a, a very solid uh, set of copper production numbers. But also um, Gaster mines molybdenum um, and of course gold, produced 42,200 ounces of gold in the first quarter. So, you know, this is one of the world's largest mining companies. It's up there with Belleton and Rio Tinto and others, which is reflected in a 15.9 billion market capitalization. Um, and so far, you know, we've seen a pretty strong share price performance on the year. We saw year highs back in January, uh, where, the, where the stock hit £18.37 per share. Uh, um, that's up from lows last summer of nine hundred seventy one um, uh, 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 or nine pounds seventy one per share, um, and we're currently trading, of course, at fifteen pounds eighty eight. The company pays a three point one percent dividend yield. So I think with these numbers and with the, this visibility, um, we should be seeing uh, we should be seeing sustained share price performance over the year. Although um, if you look back. Uh, Historically, um, uh, 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 over the uh, previous year's performance, we'll always see a drop-off or a tail-off in performance in the summer. So if you're going to invest in the company, you might want to wait until until later in the year when uh, historic production uh, or, or, or historic uh, uh, the historical performance of the share price tends to pick up. But um, a good set of numbers. Uh, and of course, the company has um, a raft of other mines uh, across uh, across uh, um, Chile, uh, and uh, I, I, I fully expect to see uh, uh, going forward um, the company to hit its uh, production targets. And I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday in the mining business. And it's important to, to realise that, um, that to have, uh, uh, to, to, to have producing mines, producing quality product like this, is hugely important in today's world. We're seeing this shift in the economy into energy, into EVs and everything else. And of course, all the metals required to power those um, are more important than ever. And that's why you're seeing the, the, the cost per tonne of the raw materials uh, rising all the time. Um, but also, when you're looking for new mines, so we're, we're, we're talking about you know mining exploration companies, it's incredibly hard. Less than 1% of all of the mines discovered actually uh, end up um, going past the, the DFS, that's the Definitive Feasibility Study stage, and into production. So it gives you some idea of the challenges out there. 
facing miners. So when you've got a company like Antofagasta that's got all these quality mines under its ownership, um, uh, you know, you can be you, you can be pretty sure you've got a solid investment and the visibility and demand for what it produces for the future is looking pretty solid. Indeed, indeed. Of course, of course, people speak of Dr. Copper and the implications and implications, but the reflection of copper of what the underlying economy is doing. And I don't think there is a better pure play out there on London markets than Antofagasta Agreed. to play into that story. You know, as soon as we start to see the global economy pick up again, the correlation with the price of copper is very, very strong. And one would expect the price of copper to, to pick up. And the problems that Antofagasta saw last year, of course, they saw um, falling earnings. That was a result largely of a lower copper price last year, which has since picked up again. So, yeah, looking forward to their half year earnings that will be coming up and just seeing how um, they're doing as a, as a business and, 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 of course, dealing with the increasing prices mm. there. So that was Antofagasta there with a the ticket of AN. T-O. So, Alan, we're going to move on now and we're going to discuss another mineral company. It's one that we've discussed on the podcast previously. It's, it's one that we haven't touched on in recent weeks. It's been a little bit quiet, but it's Greatland Gold. Um, just looking here at the share price, we seem to be bouncing around the lows. There, there's little spikes up here and there, which, which are sold into. But I think it'd be good today, you know, whilst there's a lull in updates from the company, just to recap of what's happened so far this year at Greatlands. It, it's been quite an eventful year. And, and yeah, I mean, looking at the share price of Greatland at the moment, uh, shares currently trading at 7.7p, been a size 14.8p on the year. But of course, you know, that performance is largely reflected across the the more junior end of the marketplace and uh, and I think we can say that, that you know uh, even with a market cap of 394 million you know Greatland is toward the junior end of the market when you compare it to a giant like Antofagasta or Rio Tinto but um, but certainly uh, you know the uh, Greatland of course um, made the remarkable discovery or the award-winning discovery a few years back of the Javier on Golden Copper Project, which is in the Patterson re- region of Western Australia. Um, and of course, uh, uh, this was discovered by Greatland. Um, they, they discovered this magnetic bullseye. Um, and of course, uh, the Javier and Gold deposit was um, was discovered. And since that time, of course, as often happens when you make a discovery, you get there, you get into the ground, you uh, you complete your drilling work, and you discover that um, the actual strike of the asset that's under the ground uh, continues off in a, another direction. And they found this with Greatland. It's just uh, the, the gift that keeps on giving. Um, but of course, uh, 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 Greatland uh, are engaged uh, with a joint venture, in a joint venture with ASX mining giant Newcrest Mining again, Newcrest another company up there with the likes of Anto, Vagasta, um, and, and all the rest of it. And this is how these mining majors actually progress, as well as uh, producing commodities that will always be in demand. Um, of course, they progress and grow through working with the juniors to develop mining assets such as Greatland. So um, Newcrest, of course, strategically has its own Telfer gold mine. Um, some 45 kilometers east of Javieron. Um, so, of course, this is, um, uh, so, uh, sorry, west of Javieron. Um, so, of course, um, what the company are doing here, 
they they have accelerated the development of Javier on over the year, and uh, they're currently engaged in, in building uh, what they call what we call the mine decline. Of course, that's the, the decline that goes into the ground to actually get to the point where you can excavate and uh, and bring the gold out and bring it to production. But of course, what they're going to do um, is, uh, is is they're going to leverage up the existing Telfer infrastructure and processing plant um, and uh, take all of the all of the uh, product product from Javier on and process it at uh, at what at, a, at the Telfer asset which is already of course in production so that's going to save costs uh, improve economies of scale um, and and improve on on so many levels but likewise alongside Javier on um, uh, uh, Greatland also um, is uh, working on the a number of other assets, assets including the Scallywag deposits uh, and several other other um, uh, wonderfully named uh, assets that are in the ground there. But uh, I think uh, the most important thing is that uh, in the recent uh, financial summary, of course, um, the companies had a very strong year financially. They had fifty. They had fifty nine point eight million cash um, at uh, at the end of last year. Um, Total debt of 43 million, uh, but of course they invested 12.2 million into the development of Javier on, um, and uh, and uh, the, 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 they also of course have other joint venture costs. Uh, one of the assets, the Jury Joint Venture, which is also funded by Newcrest Mining, uh, they they uh, incurred costs there too. But um, but uh, during the period, they also updated the mineral resource for Javier on to. 85 million tons of that's two grams per ton of gold and 0.26% copper. Um, so that that equates to a total of 5.5 million ounces of gold and 222 kilotons of copper. Um, and again, uh, the uh, the fr- from a corporate standpoint, the uh, company also enhanced its board, bought in uh, natural resources investment banker Mark Van Arber, um, former. Fortescue Chief Executive Elizabeth Gaines joined the board um, and former BHP Billiton President uh, Jimmy Wilson came in to join the board too. Um, that's, I mentioned the uh, 59.8 million the company has in cash. That's, uh, a lot of that came from the equity raise, uh, which included um, half of that money, uh, the equity raise of 63 million. 33.5 million came from Wailu Metals, a privately owned Mineral investment, mineral investment company, and of course, um, despite the fact it's a joint venture with Newcrest, Great and retains thirty percent ownership of the Javier and asset, which is you know, which is uh, which is it's going to be hugely important going forward once the mine is in production. So, um, I think Greatland have got a very good core asset uh, here, and it, it's it, it. I guess we can say it's probably a three ninety four million uh, moving from small cap to toward mid cap um but i'm sure once the mine is in production um the great thing is it will be generating cash for greatland which will then help it to self-fund other projects that it's in involved with of course jury being one scallyway deposit being the other and uh, a number of other earlier stage assets so you know a really exciting juncture for greatland and uh, i know and I'm sure all great shareholders are waiting for the day when when the uh, the first ore is mined from uh, from the from the new from the new mine. Indeed, indeed, and I think uh, 
it, it's just a case of being patient with uh, with a company like this. You know, the undertaking they've got is significant. It takes a lot of time, a lot of resources to get into production. And let's not forget that this stock is up 1,260% over the last five years. It's trading at 7p. Berenberg have just put out, well, not just put out in, in the last couple of weeks, put out a price target of 20 pence. That's obviously assuming that they move into production um, and start the the cash flows there. Mm. But again, as I say, the, the, these companies take a long time to, to get into production and it's uh, usually just a case of, of being patient. So we're going to move on now, Alan, and discuss a company that's just released its schedule for an IPO on the London market. It's Golden Metal Resources. What does that look like? It is gold med resources, and uh, yes, I, I've um, I've had the privilege of working with the team there over the past uh, year or so. Um, uh, Oliver Friesen is the chief executive of the company when it comes to market, um, and of course, this is uh, this is uh, uh, um, gold med resources owns a package of interests uh, in Nevada within the. Walker Lane Gold Belt. It's a very prolific area for mines, mining production, um, and is very, very asset rich uh, across the board. So, um, of course, it's uh, the the gold metal um, asset portfolio um, has largely been spun out of Power Metal Resources, which uh, currently holds an eighty three point one percent stake in the company prior to admission, uh, and of course, once the company. IPOs uh, um, that 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 will reduce, uh, given of course that uh, um, uh, many millions of shares will be held by retail investors and institutions. But um, the 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 IPO is expected to take place early next month. So we, as we speak now, John, we are just a few weeks away from that IPO. Um, and uh, Gold Metal has a package of interests uh, in Nevada. The the primary or the flagship project um, is of course uh, it's focused on tungsten. We're coming to focus on tungsten, gold, copper, and silver. Um, and uh, the Pilot Mountain project um, is uh, in Mineral County, Western Nevada, fourteen point eight square kilometers. Um, and uh, there's a there's very good infrastructure there in terms of power, roads, um, and uh, existing mining infrastructure in the region. Um, and the Pilot Mountain project is is a is a uh, a project that uh, has a jolt resource for tungsten in the ground there, and of course tungsten is a very important metal uh, for the defence industry and um, uh, has a multitude of other, of other applications. Um, and and this is uh, the uh, the uh, the asset has also has silver, gold, and zinc credits uh, to uh, included within the package there. Um, gold metal also has the gold conda summit project um, is an exploration stage gold and silver in humboldt county um, and uh, uh, alongside that we have the garfield project uh, also mineral county 39 gold uh, or load mining claims covering 3.2 kilometers for garfield and finally the stonewall project an exploration gold and silver property Perspective for epithermal gold silver mineralization on the northern flank of the Stonewall Mountain uh, um, in Nye County, Nevada. So 
so geographically, all these assets are very close together. For, so from an operational standpoint, it's, uh, it's very advantageously uh, uh, um, uh, put together as, as a company. And Oliver Friesen, I know when I interviewed him last year, he was um, waxing lyrical about the potential of these projects. Um, uh, and in particular, he said to me at the time that the, the Golconda project, he thinks, will creep up on us as a project of great value. He's really excited about what they're going to find there. So, uh, yeah, the company's coming to market, as I say, in a few weeks. Um, it's being spun out of Power Metal Resources. So, of course, given Power Metal Resources have that interest in the company, you can get exposure right now to that, uh, where you can either speak to your broker and buy into the stock directly pre-IPO, um, if you haven't already done so, or of course you can gain exposure to that by buying stock in Power Metal Resources. But either way, I think uh, this morning we've covered the entire spectrum of, of mining, all the way from Antofagasta through to Greatland Gold uh, as a mid-cap, and of course, right at the other end of the scale, we have the early stage uh, uh, mining company IPO, go, uh, gold metal resources set to flows on AIM early in May 2023. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very good point that you make there, Alan. We, of course, we started off with an established FTSE 100 miner um, moving towards one then in Greatland Gold, which is in the process of moving towards production. Uh, and then we finish off with one that's at the you know the earliest stages uh, of things, and of course you know there there is a scale of risk as we move through those companies as well, in terms of the volatility volatility that you expect to see from those shares as well as the potential for for any dividends um, going forward. So d- just a, a final point here, Alan. It's quite interesting to see golden metal resources coming to the market because we've we've seen earlier on in the week some M and A activity. Of course, Sega made a big bid for Rovio. Mm-hmm. And of course, we see an, saw a, an approach for the Hutt Group by a private equity group. So, you know, looking at this activity, you know, bringing companies to market, um, companies putting bids in for other companies, do you think there's a, a bit of optimism coming back into markets at the moment? Well, I don't think that optimism ever went away. I, I just think we're in investors are seeing opportunities in the markets now because they are so low and at some stage of course that will that will change um, and certainly I attended Minds of Money last year and we are mining the one-to-one where you're able to go and grill the CEO next week of course we have Minds of Money Connect which is uh, uh, an opportunity to grill the CEO one-to-one and then of course we have other investing shows. I was at Master Investor last weekend, as were you, John, and uh, there was an awful lot of interest there. We saw, you know, investors were attending in their droves and keen to talk to companies that were on the stands there. And, and I know when I walked round, um, there was one there, there was one corridor of companies in particular, and it was jam packed. You, you couldn't get down it, so I had to I had to walk around and go the other way. And that's always good to see. There's plenty of interest in in uh, early stage stocks and, of course, late stage stocks. And uh, I think investors are there, they're investing and they're keen because the markets are so low at the moment, comparatively speaking. Some stocks are so low, that's going to change. And, um, of course, the, the old saying, you've got to be in it to win it. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, picking up on the, on the show, it was pleasing to see how many people turned up. Some of the conversations that we had there really echo what you say there, Alan, you know, in terms of the optimism, it, had, it hadn't really gone away. Um, I just think there was, you know, some concerns that came in about the, the economy. But I think there was always 
this underlying feeling that we're going to move past whatever bump in the road that we have in the economy. You know, it's something that's probably going to be brought on by central banks to some extent going to be managed by them. Interest rates are much higher than they have been for the last decade or so. So there's plenty of, of movement there to stimulate the economy if we see any any um, downturn. And I think generally people are looking at things to, 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 to put their money into at the moment. You know, I think there is that willingness um, to, to look at new opportunities. Mm. Of course, there's, there's new IPOs coming up. That, you know, that we're aware of some that, that are, um, you know, scheduled to come on, uh, you know, being delayed for whatever reason. You know, that always happens when there's a bit of uh, wobbles in the, in the market. But, you know, generally things are, are looking a little bit more optimistic. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out during the summer, whether we see that the sell in May or go away. But with the FTSE where we are now, approaching that 8,000 level again, we, we've obviously recovered some of those losses after the, the banking crisis sector. So, yeah, set, setting up for an interesting summer ahead. So just to recap um, of the stocks that we discussed today, first of all was Anto for Gasta, uh, which trades under the ticker of A-N-T-O. We then moved on to discuss Greatland Gold, which has a ticker of GGP. And we finished off there with Golden Metal Resources, set for an IPO, a spin-out out of Power Metal. Golden Metal Resources has a ticker or set to have a ticker of GMT. Alan, thank you for joining the podcast today. Thanks again, John. So just as a final note to listen, we have the next installment of our virtual conferences coming up next week the 25th of april we have tech capital presenting as well as hercules site services so do check out the events section of the uk investor magazine website and get yourself signed up thank you very much for listening this podcast was presented by oanda trading views most popular broker trade with oanda and get one year subscription to trading view pro 76.6% of retail investor accounts lose money when trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you understand how CFDs work and whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.